on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark. Mary, Mary there, and uh, Shackles is quite a long outro, but there we go. So, you're listening to The Girls Around Town here on Radio Newark on this sunny-ish Sunday morning. We have our guest with us. Welcome, Helenka. Uh, good morning. Um, so, Helenka Brown from Hanwell Wine Estate down in Hickling, or near Hickling. So, Helenka, just um, by way of a little bit of introduction, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into winemaking. So, um, I grew up on my parents' vineyard in um, in South Nottinghamshire. So, they've got a vineyard between Bunny and Costock. Um, they planted their vines in 1979. Um, and uh, having grown up there, I spent a lot of time making dens in hedgerows and driving my dad's tractor at 14 and lots of outdoor activity. So, when my husband and I had our own children, we looked for some way to to ensure we gave them a, a lovely uh, lifestyle and also a retirement plan for us. And the vineyard uh, being in the family seemed the way to go. So we bought a house that was near enough to my, my parents for their free consultancy. <laughs> Very um, handy. Yeah, and, um, and then here we are. So, so you bought the house at Hickling mm. um, and, and you were, and presumably that came with that rather substantial amount of land yes um on a on a hillside which are kind of i guess in south facing hillside is kind of handy for wine growth yeah absolutely essential it took us um actually when we when we made the decision that we were going to move and we were going to change our lifestyle um it took us two and a half years um to find an appropriate location um and it actually turned out to be a house and um, piece of land that my parents had looked at 35 years previously when they'd been trying to find their own vineyard plot um but were not able to purchase the house at the time so um so there's perhaps a little bit of uh destiny involved there um but just prior to that we were interestingly we were being uh, talked to uh to, to, we were being talked to by the researchers for the phil and kirsty uh, location 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 program as well so but having just had two children i was like no i don't really think i want to be on the telly at the moment <laughs> oh, bless you so yeah so um yeah south facing slope really helps we've got an, one other field that potentially we could use as well so we're um, hoping to expand in the future Fantastic. Well, June will be talking to you in great detail about your uh, vineyard and your wines after the news. Um, and we will look forward to that greatly. Now, we've got, um, oh, virtually no time at all, but just a quick um, a quick reminder that, of course, you can pick up everything that's going on on our on our show on our website, which is girlsaroundtownonline.com and um, also on our Facebook page and social media, which you can pick up, indeed, from the, uh, the website and so on as well. You are listening to the Girls Around Town. It's me, June Rollins, in the chair. And sitting opposite me in the studio now, I have Helenka Brown. Tina and Sue have just popped out for, I think, a chocolate biscuit, actually. Um, and who can blame them? So Helenka and I are going to have a bit of a chat. And then we'll probably get um, Tina and Sue in to join us a little bit later as we uh, continue with our interview. So Helenka, we've heard a little bit about your background. So you've, you've bought the house and you've got the land mm. and you've got your south-facing slope and everything. So... 
what was the next step? Well, we um, we took a bit of a risk when we bought the house because we hadn't done any testing of any soil. Um, um, so that was the first thing we did. We took soil samples. We um, sent them off to the lab to be tested against um, vine requirements, so very specific uh, tests. And of the uh, 15 or 20 nutrients that you need in a good soil for vineyards, um, we were really lucky and everything was either optimal or um, uh, very good for vine growing, with exception of phosphorus. And, and phosphorus can be applied as fertiliser, so very straightforward. <laughs> that was the first job we had to do. <laughs> like you said, it was it, um, it was almost destiny yeah. going to the place where your parents had originally um, thought to buy, yeah. and now um, fate again. That, yes. uh, even without advanced, I'm sure Phil and Kirsty would have told you that was a no-no <laughs> as well. Um, but even without advanced testing, you got everything you needed. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so now I know that um, you make sparkling wines, or yes. you are making sparkling That's wines. The plan. Um, what made you decide? Is there a particularly a, a particular reason for that? Do they work particularly well over here, or what? What made you choose sparkling white wines? So um, the, um, the the e- echo economic economic environment in the uk basically means that if you make um still wines you end up trying to compete with um some very low priced wines that are imported um sparkling wine requires um some real crafting so for example everything we do with our vines is done by hand um we hand pick the grapes um and they are then delivered um to the winery um, my, my parents winery at eglantown vineyard um and they then um, make them into the sparkling wine um um over a long period of time sparkling wine obviously is a premium product and we wanted to produce something of real quality that's a local product from nottinghamshire so that people have got something really nice to celebrate with so now you're going up against um champagnes and proseccos and, mm. and things like that presumably um but actually um now i i saw on your website or, or or somewhere um and i pinched it for the blog that we put on about today's interview that english sparkling wines are getting very very fashionable now aren't they they're, they're making yeah. their own little inroads yeah. into the market they've, they've got a way to go to um get the kind of figures that um champagne gets but yeah. it, it's getting it, it's going in the right direction yeah, yeah. Mm. in in terms of the the market for sparkling wine in the uk we import um, a massive amount of champagne um and the um the wine that is produced in england the sparkling wine is is a drop in the ocean so in terms of of converting our existing champagne drinkers to drinking um english sparkling there's a there's a there's a great big market and one of the things that i love as well is i love the um the fashion for prosecco at the moment oh me too i see you know that's (laughs) you don't go to a party and get offered red or white anymore you get thrust a glass of prosecco which is which is fabulous and actually to me that's that's a step towards getting some of these um younger drinkers 
um, towards drinking champagne style wines. So you start with Prosecco and then maybe you, when you graduate, you go up onto the English <laughs> sparkling wine. So I, I, I love the Prosecco trend and, you know, those people who are drinking Prosecco now must, must absolutely come and try our English sparkling when it's ready. <laughs> well, that, that, that puts me on the list then because I, I, I used to drink champagne, not, not masses of it, admittedly, and I don't drink a great deal anyway, but, um, nowadays I, I would choose Prosecco mm. um, and it's nothing to do with price or anything like that. It might have a little bit of oh well it's Italian and I, you know I've got a oh, thing for Italy. Yes. Um, but um, given the choice um, it's it's Prosecco. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a red wine drinker when it comes to flat wine, so mm. to speak. But when, when it's, um, I'm not a white wine drinker, mm. but a white sparkling, mm. yes, and mm. a, a Prosecco. So, yeah, it sounds like I'm a good candidate for um, <laughs> uh, your wines. Now, we're, we're talking about um, early next year when, when the so, bottle of wines yeah, will be ready. So we, yes. we picked our first grapes. So we planted the vineyard. So we're talking about the early days. So when, when we were talking about the early days, we so we just t- tested the soil and then we ordered the vines and they came from a, a, a nursery on the continent and we planted them in the May, in uh, May 2012. And then it, they took um, three years before they gave us our first harvest. So our first harvest was um, in the October 2015. And that, that wine that was gently pressed out in the uh, in the winery um will be ready as our first english sparkling nottinghamshire wine (laughs) um probably well my dad um is is telling me it's and and my dad is an international award-winning winemaker he's telling me it might be december but i don't rush him (laughs) he's not to be rushed so um i think it's i i think it's likely to be like january 2018 Mm -hmm. Uh, if i look back to the early days when we moved into the the house and we told people we were going to plant a vineyard um we, we 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 used to get some real odd looks from from friends and family saying well you know what you know 2011 um and when's your wine going to be available and we were saying 2018 <laughs> and people thought we were absolutely crazy and how can you have that much you know planning towards the future but it's gone so quickly you know over the last few years we've learned so much from the vineyard we've learned a lot about um, looking after the vines we've learned a lot about our unique terroir so you know what's in the soil how the weather works in our specific situation how windy it can be where um, where the sunny patches of the vineyard are um, and also what the what the pests are so you know we had um, our first attack of starlings last oh, harvest <laughs> Uh, which which was um, quite a funny story because my um my my husband and the dog would go see a, a flock of starlings coming in they'd go rushing out into the vineyard to f- shoo them off and the starlings would 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 gently take off from one part of the vineyard fly to the top end of the vineyard land again and then my husband and the dog would have to run at like 400 meters up the vineyard to go and get them off the, and then they'd just do exactly the same but end at the bottom so we we yeah so we've we've learned a lot about our local environment as we've been going through these last six six years to get to our final product and we're really excited that that's going to be soon now so well, we would we'll talk in a bit more detail um in a few minutes time about sort of the different things 
particularly as the seasonal changes because yeah. presumably there are different things every season exactly. and obviously there are different problems that you have to overcome there are different um, challenges and whatever so we'll go into detail about that in a little while um, before we do we're going to play another piece of music but just one very quick question that was mm. something you said a moment ago um, brought to my mind you said that um, the grapes were gently pressed at yes. your um, father's winery mm -hmm. presumably not by foot no <laughs> <laughs> we, we yes we um we, we love the traditional images of the feet yes. but but the reality is we'd much rather just use you know clean hygiene yes, yes. <laughs> I, I suspected that might be the case <laughs> We are talking all about wine. And of course, one thing we haven't mentioned, um, and we'll, we'll mention it briefly, it's English Wine Week at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, we had a great day yesterday. We had an open day. We Every year for English Wine Week, we do an open day where people can have like, a little mini talk about what goes on in the vineyard um, and a wine tasting. We had... Um, um probably about um eight little groups of people come and um i talked to them all about the, the 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 seasons in the vineyard and we gave them all a tasting of i think we had nine wines available nine english wines from eglantine vineyard and from walton brook vineyard um so eglantine's in nottinghamshire and walton brook's in leicestershire but both wines are made well both sets of wines are made by my dad at his winery so i'm confident you know that we've got some really lovely lovely things to taste um yes yeah, so we had lots of people turn out yesterday despite a little bit of rain and quite a lot of wind <laughs> yes it was a windy day yesterday wasn't it right well we we um unfortunately aren't going to get the wine tasting aspect of, of um what happened yesterday um for a couple of reasons one your wine isn't ready yet mm. you're going to have to come back next year um, mm. armed with at least one bottle of it Absolutely. so we can try but also we're not actually allowed to drink in the well um, we're not allowed to eat or drink in the studio so we can't have the wine tasting bit but we can have the bit that you mentioned about the seasons because obviously it is the whole process is is very sort of um different things throughout the year aren't yeah. they so so take us through um spring summer autumn winter what what actually will be okay. happening at the vineyard yeah so the if we if we start with kind of like the, the the setting up the vineyard for the growth year so um in january and february um when everybody else is is snugly inside <laughs> and warm um we're out in the vineyard um pruning the vines so the first thing we have to do is assess each vine's growth from the previous year so we're looking back at the previous year and then we also have to look forward at the coming growing season and lay down or select one of the growing canes from last year and lay it down so that it can be the fruiting cane from this year and then also prune so that there is one spur um, or two spurs depending on the pruning method we're using for the, the coming year so we've actually already done the pruning planning for 2018 in the vineyard so that's the beginning and then once the pruning's done and the laying down of the of the the cane the cane is laid against the um the fruiting wire so that's the bottom wire and from each of the buds that we've left on the cane um we will get um one shoot of growth and basically one shoot of growth equates to at least one um, bunch of grapes um, and then as the year goes through there are various tasks that we need to do so 
Um, one of the um, the jobs we're doing at the moment is bud rubbing. So that's taking off any of the additional growth that's below the fruiting wire because that's distracting the vine from its primary job, <laughs> which is making those uh, those grapes for us. You've got to make sure it's focused on what it's supposed to be doing. <laughs> exactly. We don't want any deviations. Thank you. Um, and then um, one of the things that we we, su- we suffer with and and like um, some of you may have seen like in the the news over the last month or so, there's been um, um, some in the springtime some from quite devastating effects of um, frost so um, some of the vineyards in France and and even Spain have um, and a lot in the south of England have had some devastating impacts of frost frost basically runs like water and it, it sits along the ground but if it builds up it gets up to the fruiting wire and where the buds are just starting to open, if those fro- buds are exposed to minus 1.5 degrees in temperature overnight, for example, when there's clear skies, they um, they basically are, are, are killed. Now, um, unfortunately, um, as I say, a lot of vineyards have had um, quite a severe impact this year, um, and we've also not been uh, not been left un- undamaged. We have three varieties for the champagne for, for growing champagne which are the traditional champagne varieties pinot mernier pinot noir and chardonnay um, the pinot mernier in our vineyard are looking good and healthy the pinot noir are growing away they're starting to romp away with the water and the and the sunshine um, but the chardonnay unfortunately we lost a lot of the primary buds now secondary buds will come out so the secondary buds will begin to grow and you can see that happening already in the vineyard people who came yesterday could see the difference between where the pinot noir block was and the pinot and the chardonnay because you can see the difference in the growth those secondary buds are coming out but they will not be as fruitful as the primary buds so actually we can probably say already at this early point in the year that we probably lost about 60 percent potential of our chardonnay and and um, I mean I don't don't know a great deal about actually making wine, but do you use those grapes together to make a wine, or are they three separate wines that are wine makers choice? Right. So um, what we've been doing so far is because our uh, grapes and our vines are not mature, um, and actually we've probably still got a bit of time to have probably about two or three years to go before we get to a level of full maturity within the vineyard. But because they've not been matured, the the, um, the quantity of grapes, and there's other reasons which I can talk about around why the quantity of grapes is not so high, like birds, um, and the quantity of grapes has not been massive. So what we've been doing is actually pressing together the red varieties. So Pinot Noir and Pinot Mernier are red grape varieties. So we've been pressing those guys, those together and Chardonnay we've been doing separately. That gives us the option then to process, to, to ferment the, them separately. And then later on we can blend accordingly. And it also gives you the option to, to choose whether you're making rose wine or white wine. Um, you may notice on like bottles of champagne, you get, for example, French terms like, um, Blanc de Blanc or Blanc de Noir. Now, those are both white wines made with either white grapes or uh, uh, black grapes. So Blanc de Noir is, for example, Pinot Noir and Pinot Meunier pressed out gently and taken away from the skins quickly so that the colour from the skins isn't included in the wine and therefore you've got a white wine which is made from red grapes. So we have lots of options. 
Fantastic. So, um, at the moment, um, we're almost into summer, aren't we? Uh, it's we, coming. Sometimes we think we're in summer, and then, then two days later, we've gone um, several <laughs> steps backwards. Two hours later. <laughs> so, so um, moving on sort of to later summer and into autumn, what's going on generally in, oh, in the It's the exciting times That's now. when you start picking the grapes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, the next... The next crazy time is um what one the grapes are starting to flower so um we've already got some of the evidence of the flowers forming on on the vines the pinot noir particularly i can see some of the flowers forming um the chardonnay will be behind but we generally have flowering during during june the flowers are wind pollinated um so therefore um bees are not necessary but it is also nice at my parents vineyard they've got bees in there in the the um, vineyard as well so the beehives um so flowers and flowers are um not they're, they're not the roses of the english countryside <laughs> shall we say they are a bit understated um if you don't look for them you wouldn't really notice um so the flowers happen and then um, once that's once they they, they begin to um set so the grapes begin to set you have um, the ch- the colour change through the summer, um, but during that period, so um, June and July are our absolutely crazy work times. So we have um, some part time staff and some people who come in and volunteer to help us in the vineyard. Um, and anybody who wants to do that is very welcome. <laughs> just a call out. Um, just come to our Facebook page and, and give us a shout, or our website and give us a shout. Um, so yes, we have people who come and help. Um, and um, basically because when it rains and the sun shines the grapes the vines you can virtually see growing the the growth shoots up in june and july and what we have is a set of wires above the fruiting wire on the trellis which we have to wind the um the growth through in order to keep it under control so that the vines don't try and link arms across between the rows and stop the passing of the tractor who needs to mow the grass <laughs> so so yeah mad 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 growth lots of uh, lots of work required each of those vines is manually touched about um, eight times through the year um, so there's a lot of work to be done to keep that growth under control and then we go into the exciting bit when the the, the grapes start to turn color so the pinot mernier and the pinot noir start to ripen and um and and start to turn red and we always hope that that they they ripen and the birds don't notice and <sighs> Um, we had a bit of a problem last year. My parents have never really had a big problem. They've been on their vineyard for like nearly 40 years. They've had a bit of, of pigeon damage from the pigeons coming and finding the grapes, but they've never had swarms of starlings descend on them. Um, now, this is, it, it, you know, it's, it, it is a bit of a challenge. You know, my husband and the dog run out after the, after the starlings. The, the starlings take off, end up at the other end of the vineyard. My husband runs up again. Um, we, we, we try to deploy every type of bird scaring device that anybody could give us any. We had angry buzzard <laughs> playing on, um, on, on a loop um, to see if we could keep them away. Um, we had CDs spinning. We deployed every kind of um, allotment style um, bird scaring device. Um, but, but this year we have had to um, purchase some netting um, to put on the vineyard um, to protect the Pinot Noir, particularly because that becomes the ripest, quickest. So they, the birds see these lovely red, juicy um, um, grapes and they descend very quickly and actually eat them all whole. So they take a grape at a time. <laughs> 
which is i just think it's greedy <laughs> it is isn't it now the, the, the time is flying by so mm. um very quickly in all oh, what a couple of minutes just mm. tell us about the um the, the harvest um period and then yeah. we will also need to talk about some of your events because we want yeah. to know what what the rural antics are so okay. um the grapes are ripe and ready for picking. Yep. So we get to, we get to um, the last two harvests have been the very end of October. Uh, and generally, what we do is put a call out on Facebook, send an email out to our friends, family, anybody who's interested in helping. People will descend, children with scissors, kid, um, grown-ups helping us with the with the, um, di- dis- distributing buckets, um, collecting the buckets on the in the trailer on the quad. A lovely family atmosphere. Um, we rely totally on volunteers for picking um, and, and have, you know, basically a great couple of days of uh, a great community spirit. And then and then a lovely harvest supper to finish off. I was going to say, do they get a treat at the end? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, they, they get... Um, they get the harvest supper yeah. then, yes. and then we and then we uh, literally the vi- the grapes are put in the back of the uh, of the Land Rover and taken over to my parents' vineyard where they've got the winery and they get pressed out the same day. So they're pressed out to the juice the same day. So it's that immediate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no wasted time. So straight <laughs> in there, and and the juice that's pressed out. Where does where does that go next? So that would go straight into a tank, and that would be left there then for to ferment naturally over the winter period. Um, my parents have been lucky; they don't need to use any um, add any yeasts because they've got natural yeast in the air of the winery because they've been doing it there for so long. So a very natural fermentation process, and then they uh, for sparkling it goes into a bottle um, in the summer and then um is uh, laid down to make the fizz the fizz which mm. then is ready hopefully uh, so we're talking not the following it's usually about January, two, it's about one two, after. Two, yeah so yeah, about two yeah. two plus years yeah so from planting the first um vine of, of, a, of, a, of a of a year yeah. how many years from the first step to the day when you can actually pour so some into a glass we, so we planted t- may 2012 and in theory we'll have the sparkling in january 2018 so, so 13 14 15 16 17 years. five and a half six yeah. years mm. so it is uh, and presumably um, most of that time you're sort of on tent hooks hoping that everything get, you know <laughs> you you won't know presumably yeah. until that day in january 2018 mm. that you popped the first call mm-hmm. that it's really worked will you well absolutely bit of a risk <laughs> so, we, we like we like to take so, risks so, so you're on tenter hooks for five and a half years yes. basically and you've, you've got various different problems <laughs> popping up along you know with things like frost and yeah. um high wind and starlings and, and yeah. other pests and whatever yeah. um and you have to hang in there for nearly six years with your fingers crossed that exactly what you're going to get at the end is yeah. going to be a lovely beautiful. sparkly it's going yes. to be beautiful of course it has Will to be, be. Nottinghamshire yes. countryside in a yes. bottle yes. with a bit of fizz I mean you, you know from from experience from your father's um, vineyard and winery and whatever that it, it can be done you know absolutely. and it does work and yeah. they are good wines at the end yes. so there's no reason why yes, your um, inaugural wine mm-hmm. in 2018 shouldn't be just the same it will Everybody be the same it absolutely will be <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Little mixer and no more sad songs. There'll be no more sad songs up at um, Hanwell, certainly from next January when they're all knocking back this uh, brand new English sparkling white wine. Couldn't get it out there for a moment. But we have, uh, well, we've talked about wine in great detail. There's just a 
kind of um, linked to some of the, what we're going to say next, but we're talking about these rural antics. You have a whole programme of other things. If you didn't have enough to do, you know, um, <laughs> doing these vines and pressing this, uh, these grapes and, and putting it all in bottles and whatever... You do something else, don't you, up at Hanwell? Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. We've got uh, a few minutes to chat about this, it. This is this is really a passion. Um, I'm a huge believer, and you know, we moved to Hanwell Wine Estate because we wanted an outdoor lifestyle for the children. But actually, I'm a huge believer in outdoors and getting people outside and connecting back to nature. I think there's opportunities for people to walk in the countryside, and that's great. But actually, to do something actively and creatively. So we've kind of created what. Um, what we kind of refer to um, as 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 a um, a craft spa, oh. which is um, rural antics. So the the name is about having fun in the countryside. Um, so we run rural skills, um, arts and craft workshops, which generally take um, a full day. Um, so um, participants turn up. Um, 10 in the morning don't have to bring anything just themselves and a positive attitude and we literally spend a lovely day doing something creative together so for example things we've done so far are oil painting landscape oil painting so people have come wanting to learn and we've got superb teacher who teaches you the basics of oil painting we've also done foraging uh, willow weaving we've got a, a schedule um, planned for the rest of the summer and it's all about coming and really getting back to nature and and enjoying nature in a creative way and taking something home with you that you've made or done <laughs> or learnt uh, people went home with bulrushes when we did foraging because they're yummy they taste like sweet cucumber yes actually um <laughs> your uh, is it amanda is it amanda amanda was talking yeah. about that when yeah. we when we chatted her on a week before last yeah. and she was talking about the foraging she we also had um kate who was talking about the willow weaving yeah. um our own um fiona i think um yeah, she does, does poetry, does poetry up there yeah. doesn't she so lots of things for people to do in in terms of the rural antics but they can also come and have a look around the vineyard can't mm-hmm. they and do tours and tastings yeah, so we have scheduled tours and tastings so literally um you can book on to those um um so those are um uh, you know online so they're on our website you can just go and book on and, and come and it's a hour and a half experience where you get a, a talk about the vineyard a, a, a guided walk around the vi- the vines and then you get a, a, a tutored tasting wine tasting so you learn a bit how about how to how to wine taste um and we also do special ones so um i think you mentioned earlier we do the hen party yes ones. indeed yeah. we did. <laughs> but we've also um we're calling them more the celebration tours and tastings for groups so um we do we've got one coming up um in the summer for um a, a lady who's 80 and it's her 80th birthday celebration so she's bringing a group of her family and friends to celebrate by coming and having a vineyard tour and tasting um and we also do um we also had one recently which was a, a group of the armed forces where one of the guys was leaving Ooh, so they came in did uniform. that as well Ooh. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> men in uniform and wine what more could a girl ask for <laughs> yeah it's 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 great and there's lots of lots of ways that you can do that and we do, we also do things cater for groups like you know u3a groups um, wis rotary clubs anybody who wants to bring a group we have a minimum a minimum charge which is basically for 10 uh, equivalent of 10 people and you can go up to you know 30 people if you want to and we can do some food as well you know there's there's all kinds of options and ways that you can get in touch with nature at the vineyard and get creative and and we're just trying to put together a whole schedule 
absolutely fantastic we'll get all those contact details in a few minutes um we're going to have one more piece of music um as we head towards the top of the hour and get ready to hand over to craig so we'll come back to helenka in a few minutes we'll find out um from her where you can get information about um rural antics about um tastings and tours and um hen parties and all sorts of things we're all having a bit of a jig there to Bruno Mars. Very appropriately titled for one and only cheesy link in the show. That's what I like because we all like um, a glass of sparkly wine. So um, that's what we've been talking about. And we are going to have mm, a couple of minutes just left in the show for Helenka to tell us how people can get in touch, how they can find out about um, the tours, the rural antics, um, and keep an eye, a very important watchful eye for the news of when that wine is actually available. Mm. And I think also buy wine um, online as well, can't yeah. they? Give us some contact details, Alenka. Okay, so it's quite straightforward. Um, website is the key place to go, which is www.hanwellwine.co.uk. Or we've got a Facebook page, which is Hanwell Wine, or Twitter, which is at Hanwell Wine. Um, so all very straightforward. If you go on the website, you can book onto tours and tastings directly. You can um, send us a message um, about the um, celebration group ta- tours and tastings. You can order wine online, but you have to come and pick it up from us at the moment. We're not quite ready to <laughs> ship it to you. Um, and you can also book onto any of those lovely workshops if you want to have your your creative spa day so that that's all on the website www.hanwellwine.co.uk yes and i'm pretty certain that we put a link from our own website girlsaroundtownonline.com there's an article on there which is called grape expectations and there is a link to the hanwell wine um website there so um you have no excuse not to um be able to track helenka and her um her wines and her antics down helenka thank you very much for coming over um enjoy the rest of uh, english wine week and good luck we will be watching and waiting with bated breath for january 2018 to hear um how things we definitely will need you back with a bottle or two so that we can book me for um, january <laughs> so that we can give you our um expert opinion oh of course um, and our um i'm sure strong endorsement of uh, of, of the product um we have lit- are we allowed to do that june no we probably aren't no 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 i'm but bribing you come on <laughs> <laughs> so we have literally less than a minute um uh before we ha- we hand over to craig for sunday uh his sunday lunch show just enough time to tell you that next week we'll be back i think all three of us are in are we all in girls i'm looking for them to nod yes yes, yes. everybody is in next week and we're going to be talking to rachel olivia um and she has um she'll be telling us about her grand tour She's, she's been uh, on this um, amazing trip, which she'll be telling us about. She'll also be telling us about an upcoming production at the Robin Hood Theatre down in Aram, when she is one of the stars. I think she's actually playing a witch. It's called... Uh, the the, the uh, play is called The Witch or The Witches. Um, it's a rolled doll. So um, that will be next week. In the meantime, we are off to enjoy the sunshine. Helena's, Helenka's going back to um, tend her vines. We'll be back this uh, same time next week, 10 o'clock on Sunday. Mm-hmm.